Chapter Thirty Two of Doom Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Doom Castle by Neil Munro. Chapter Thirty Two: The Indiscretion of the Duchess. There was no drawing back. The circumstances positively forbade it even if a certain smile following fast upon the momentary embarrassment of the duchess had not prompted him to put himself at her mercy a thousand pardons madame la duchesse he said standing in the doorway je vous dérangez she rose from her chair composedly a figure of mature grace and practised courtliness and above all with an air of what he flattered himself was friendliness she directed him to a seat the pleasure is unexpected monsieur she said but it is a moment for quick decision i suppose what is the cue to be desperate here she laughed softly or to take a chair monsieur has called to see his grace i regret exceedingly that a pressing business has called my husband to the town and he is unlikely to be back for another hour at least if monsieur assuming desperation is not the cue will please to be seated count victor was puzzled for a second or two but came farther into the room and seeing the lady resume her seat he availed himself of her invitation and took the chair she offered madame la duchesse he went on to say with some evidence of confusion that prejudiced her the more in his favour i am as you see in the drollest circumstances and pardon the betise time is at the moment the most valuable of my assets oh she cried with a low laugh that gave evidence of the sunniest disposition in the world oh that is not a pretty speech monsieur but there you cannot of course know my powers of entertainment positively there need be no hurry on my honour as the true friend of a gentleman who looked very like monsieur and was by the way a compatriot i repeat there is no occasion for haste i presume monsieur found no servants those stupid servants to let him into the house and wisely found an entrance for himself how droll it is our way in these barbaric places people just come and go as they please we waive ceremony by the way monsieur has not done me the honour to confide me his name upon my word madame la duchesse i i forget it myself at the moment said count victor divining her strategy but too much embarrassed to play up to her lead perhaps madame may remember she drew down her brows in a comical frown and then rippled into low laughter now how in the world should i know if monsieur does not i that have never here she stared in his face with a solemnity in which her amusement struggled never in my knowledge seen him before i have heard the duke speak of a certain monsieur soi-disant perhaps monsieur is monsieur soi-disant sans doute madame la duchesse and madame's very humble servant acquiesced count victor relieved to have his first impression of strategy confirmed and inclining his head she looked at him archly and laughed again i have a great admiration for your sex monsieur soi-disant she said my dear duke compels it but now and then now and then i think it a little stupid 
not to know your own name i hope monsieur does not hope to go through life depending upon women all the time to set him at ease in his chair you are obviously not at ease in your chair monsieur soi-disant in this coat madame la duchesse count victor replied looking down at the somewhat too ample sleeves and skirt i fell into it <laughs> that is very obvious she interrupted with no effort to conceal her amusement i fell into it by sheer accident and it fits me like an evil habit and under the circumstances is as inconvenient to get rid of and still an excellent coat monsieur let me see has it not a familiar look oh i remember it is very like one i have seen with the duke's chamberlain poor fellow monsieur has doubtless heard of his accident and will be glad to learn that he is out of danger and like to be abroad in a very short time this was a humour touching him too closely he replied in a monosyllable perhaps it was the coat gave me the impression that i had seen monsieur somewhere before he reminds me as i have said of a compatriot who was the cause of the chamberlain's injury and is now doubtless in prison added the count bent on giving evidence of some inventiveness of his own nay by no means cried the duchess he was in a cell but escaped two or three hours ago as our watchman discovered and is now probably far away from here and then said count victor with nonchalance i dare say they will speedily recapture him if they only knew the way with any of my compatriots it is to put a woman in his path only she must be a woman of esprit and charm and she shall engage him i'll warrant till the pursuit come up even if it takes a century and the axe is at the end of it the duchess coughed the count hemmed they both broke into laughter luckily then said she he need have no anxiety on that score should he ever meet the lady for the pursuit is neither hot nor hearty between ourselves monsieur it is non-existent if i were to meet this person we speak of i should but for the terror i know i should feel in his society tell him that so long as he did not venture within a couple of miles of this castle he was perfectly safe from interference and yet a dangerous man madame la duchesse said count victor and i have heard the duke is determined on his punishment which is of course proper from his grace's point of view yes yes i am told he is a dangerous man a very monster the duke assured me of that though if i were to tell the truth monsieur soi-disant i saw no evidence of it in the young gentleman when i met him last night a most harmless fellow i assure you are monsieur's feet not cold she was staring at his red-heeled dancing-shoes pas du tout he replied promptly tucking them under his chair these experiments in costume are a foible with me there was a step along the corridor outside which made him snap off his sentence hurriedly and turn listening and apprehensive again the duchess was amused no monsieur it is not his grace yet you are all impatience to meet him i see and my poor company makes little amends for his absence but it is as i say he will not be back for another hour you are interested doubtless in the oddities of human nature for me i am continually laughing at the transparency of the stratagems whereby men like my husband 
try to lock their hearts up like a garden and throw away the key before they come into the company of their wives i am sure your poor feet must be cold you did not drive such a night of snow too i cannot approve of your foible for dancing shoes to wade through the snow in such weather as i was saying you are not only the stupid sex sometimes but a most transparent one i will let you into a little secret that may convince you that what i say of our count what's-his-name not being hunted is true i see quite clearly that the duke is delighted to have this scandal of a duel oh the shocking things duels monsieur soi-disant shut up in the forenoon he was mightily vexed with that poor count what do you call him for a purely personal reason i may tell you of later but mainly because his duty compelled him to secure the other party to the let us say outrage you follow monsieur soi-disant parfaitement madame la duchesse said count victor wondering where all this led to i am a foolish sentimentalist i dare say you may think for a person of my age are you quite comfortable monsieur i fear that chair does not suit you i am a foolish sentimentalist as i have said and i may tell you i pleaded very hard for the release of this luckless compatriot of yours who was then in the fosse but oh dear his grace was adamant as it is the way with dukes at least in this country and i pleaded in vain naturally madame his grace had his duty as a good subject doubtless said the duchess but there have been occasions in history they assure me when good subjects have been none the less nice husbands monsieur can still follow me count victor smiled and bowed again and wished to heaven her grace the duchess had a little more of the gift of expedition he had come looking for a sword and found a sermon i know i weary you she went on complacently i was about to say that while the duke desires to do his duty even at the risk of breaking his wife's heart it was obvious to me that he was all the time sorry to have to do it and when we heard that our frenchman had escaped i take my word for it was not the only one relieved i do not wonder madame said montaignon that the subject in this case should capitulate to to the to the loving husband you were about to say la you are too gallant monsieur i declare and as a matter of fact the true explanation is less to my husband's credit and less flattering to me for he had his own reasons one generally has reflected the count aloud quite and in this case they are very often mine dear archie though he did not think i knew it i saw clearly that he had his own reasons as i say to wish the frenchman well out of the country now could you guess what these reasons were count victor confessed with shame that it was beyond him i will tell you they were not his own interests and they were not mine that influenced him i had not to think very hard to discover that they were the interests of the chamberlain i fancy his grace knows that the less inquiry there is into this encounter the better for all concerned i dare say madame la duchesse agreed count victor and yet the world speaks well of the chamberlain one hears woe unto you when all men speak well of you quoted the duchess sententiously it only happens when the turf is in our teeth said the count 
and then de mortuis is a motto our dear friends use more as an excuse than as a moral i do not like our chamberlain monsieur i may frankly tell you so i should not be surprised to learn that my husband knows a little more about him than i do and i give you my word i know enough to consider him hateful these are most delicate considerations madame la duchesse said the count vastly charmed by her manner but naturally desirous of the open air every step he heard in neighbouring lobbies every slammed door spoiled his attention to the lady's confidences and he had an uneasy sense that she was not wholly unamused at his predicament however much his friend delicate considerations true but i fear they do not interest monsieur soi-disant how should they indeed gossip monsieur gossip at our age you might say we must be chattering i know you are uncomfortable on that chair do monsieur please take another this time he was convinced of his first suspicion that she was having her revenge for his tactless remark to her husband for he had not stirred at all in his chair but had only reddened and she had a smile at the corners of her mouth at my age madame la duchesse we are quite often impertinent fools there is however but one age the truly golden we reach it when we fall first in love and their love keeps us his grace madame la duchesse is i am sure the happiest of men she was seated opposite him leaning forward a little she put forth her hand in a motherly unembarrassed way and placed it for a moment on his knee looking into his face smiling good boy good boy she said and then she rose as if to hint that it was time for him to go i see you are impatient perhaps you may meet the duke on his way back charmed madame la duchesse i assure you said the count with a grimace and they both fell into laughing she recovered herself first to scan the shoes and coat again how droll said she ah monsieur you are delightful in your foibles but i wish it had looked like any other coat than simon mactaggart's i have never seen his without wondering how many dark secrets were underneath the velvet had this coat of yours been a perfect fit believe me i had not expect much from you of honour or of decency oh there i go on chattering again and you have said scarcely twenty words believe me madame la duchesse it is because i can find none good enough to express my gratitude said count victor making for the door pooh monsieur soisson a fig for your gratitude would you have me inhospitable to a guest who would save me even the trouble of opening my door and that by the way reminds me monsieur that you have not even hinted at what you might be seeking his grace for could it be for a better fit in coats for a mere trifle madame no more than my sword your sword monsieur i know nothing of monsieur soi-disant's sword but i think i know where is one might serve his purpose with these words she went out of the room hurried along the corridor and returned in a moment or two with count victor's weapon which she dragged back by its belt as if she loathed an actual contact with the thing itself there she said affecting a shudder a mouse and a rapier they are my bitterest horrors if you could only guess what a coward i am good-night monsieur and i hope i hope she laughed as she hung on the wish for a moment i hope you will meet his grace on the way 
if so you may tell him tis rather inclement weather for the night air at his age and she laughed again if you do not see him as is possible come back soon look my door bids you in your own language revenez bientôt i am sure he will be charmed to see you and to make his delight the more i shall never mention you were here to-night she went along the lobby and looked down the stair to see the way was clear came back and offered her hand madame la duchesse you are very magnanimous he said exceedingly grateful imprudent rather she corrected him magnanimity and prudence are cousins who praise le bon dieu never speak to each other and the world is very much better for it he pointed to the motto on the panel i may never come back madame said he but at least i shall never forget au plaisir de vous revoir monsieur soi-disant she said in conclusion and went into her room and closed the door now there's a darling said the duchess as she heard his footsteps softly departing archie was just such another at his age End of chapter thirty two